I used to listen to my podcast a quarter hour of the time. But now, I listen to screen studies. Welcome to Screen Studies, a podcast where we talk about how culture affects the things on our screen and how the things on our screen affect culture, and of course, how it doesn't matter because we're family. <laughs> Is that your favorite Fast and Furious quote? Anytime Vin Diesel says, we're family, I'm like, so true. <laughs> I love those movies. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So a little introduction. Um, this is Screen Studies with Deja and Justin. I'm Deja. And I'm Justin. And we're not technically a family, but I think Vin Diesel would call us one, especially because this week we're talking about Fast and Furious. We've been holding this up. Well, I've been holding this episode for a special one because I feel like if we're going to go out, we got to go out strong. And the thing is about... all right. Everyone, we're starting off early. We're starting off early. My biggest hot take is that the number of Fast and Furious that hold true to their themes are better directed and have better character motivations. The total number of Fast Fast and Furious films to have those is greater than the amount of Star Wars movies. That have those. Oh, I thought you were going to say Transformers. I wasn't prepared for you to say Star Wars. Oh my god. You can cancel me now. You can cancel me now. But I said it. You can throw a rock at anyone. Most everyone on the planet. Hey, what's the theme of Fast and Furious? Family. 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 Family driving cars. Family driving planes. Family saving the world. (laughs) Family, like, stealing a bunch of technology. Everyone knows the meaning behind those films. But when it comes to other, I guess, franchises like Star Wars, it gets so meddled. Everyone has a different version of what what Star Wars could be in a weird way that Fast and Furious... Fast and Furious is so clear and so potent... And it's clarity that that's what's one of the things that I love about the movies. Like, unironically. Because not many franchises can have three bad movies. Well, Star Wars can, actually. (laughs) Three bad movies in a row. And just keep going. And keep going. And keep going. Um, What is your relationship with Fast and Furious, Deja? Be honest with me. I love Fast and Furious. I didn't, like, as when I was younger... Um, I remember at one point talking to my brother, I always have to bring this up, and I was like, oh, like another Fast and Furious movie, like, how many times can they race cars? And my brother was at the table, he was like, it was never about the cars, Deja, it was about family. (laughs) He was into it from day one. Yes, it's never been about the cars. Okay, could you take out the cars and have the same movie? Like, if it was about boats. You low-key could. You really could, because these movies to me have started to become like the peak of blockbuster action movies as far as I'm the concerned. The peak? The peak? Here's the thing. Not the peak in the sense that they're the absolute best quality movies and they're the best ones created, but the peak in the sense that like there are not franchises doing it like them. Mm. Like there are not action franchises that aren't owned by like a a Disney, for example, 
or like just kind of pumping out the exact same movie. They're just like, all right, we got to go bigger now. Okay, we got to go bigger all the way to space. And it's just purely about this found family doing cool stuff. And being able to go to the movie and know like I'm here for a spectacle is so fun. <laughs> it's so relaxing. I know this movie's not going to make me think too hard. I know it's not going to like try to shift the entire atmosphere of cinema. I know it's not going to be CGI every single scene. I know that I'm going to sit there. I'll laugh sometimes. The plot will be simple. And I'm going to see some cool action scenes. And I like that assurance. Yeah, featuring a cast of mainly people of color. Right? Right. Like, I guess spoilers, but the movie came out, like, a while ago. Have you watched the most recent movie? I got you. Caught up. My favorite parts of that movie were where Ludacris's character was like, guys, I think we're immortal. Like, we should be dead. <laughs> How is this not happening? Like, we should literally just grabbing from Twitter, just like, oh, you guys, you guys think that ever, all these characters should be dead? Sure, <laughs> fair enough. I, that's probably the part that part that I liked least about the movie. The thing that makes these one of the things that makes these movies so great is that they take themselves very seriously. Mm. I remember when um, reading up about this movie, Vin Diesel. They asked Vin Diesel to come back for the second movie. And they showed him the script, and they're like, he's like, nah, this ain't it. The original Fast and Furious movies are an art house film filled with action scenes. It's about relationships. And then they're like, but it's about cars. (laughs) And he's like, all right, I'm out. And then he left, and that's when Tyrese, Tyrese came in and kind of like semi-filled the role of Vin Diesel, but he was quippy, he was cool. Actually... Rewatching all of these movies back to back to back, the the characters that show up in Fast Five are not the same characters that were introduced when they came in. You know, like Tyrese was trying to give a like a tough guy appearance, you know, with, with cool one liners, and then when he comes back in Fast Five, purely the bard of the group, yeah. the, purely the charismatic person. Which, again, no complaints because time passed and it's amazing. Ludacris is just a mechanic the first time we see him with a huge, I think with a huge afro and stuff like that. Very stereotypical. He comes back. He's the greatest hacker in the world. What? He took a Google <laughs> seminar. I I guess, you know, and no complaints for me, but I just love how this series is able to adapt and show these people in these incredible situations and yet take itself hyper seriously like these are the theme and it always stays true to the theming of the films and the franchises no matter what happens it's funny because that's exactly why i like those that scene because like Ludacris is like literally poking holes into their entire life and everyone's like you're an idiot and i I loved them just like shutting him down because it felt very much like the cousin at the family reunion who always has a conspiracy and you're just like no (laughs) No, nope, the CIA did not change your oat milk formula. Calm down. Like, but he's right though. He's I right. like that they were able to kind of play with both of like, yeah, they should be dead. You know it. We know it. We're not. We're not addressing that in this movie. The point is they're alive and they're having fun and they're a family. They're a family. So I, I, I definitely see what you're saying, especially about the character development, because 
they find a way to make each character whatever they need to be while still staying within like just the right lines where I'm like, yeah, no, Ludacris hasn't changed too much, but all of his skills have. Like they they adapt them to every situation. Do you think that the Fast and Furious movies could make a bad version of this formula? Because I feel as though in the wrong hands, you can get into um, Mission Impossible territory. (laughs) Which, shots fired for the Mission Impossible franchise, where everything is something. Every movie is different. And, like, not cohesive theme, not cohesive, I would argue, character in Ethan Hunt, in that he's always going to do the worst possible decision, or the most dangerous possible decision, that's the only thing consistent about him, who, I'm, I'm worried that Fast and Furious could get to that territory, you know what yeah. I mean? I think it could, I think it could go a few ways, because there's a chance that they'll just look around and be like, okay, our entire cast is aging, this is not, this is not a series <laughs> where you can just replace people. Don't do that. Yeah, you can. You can 100% replace people. You are always pro-replacing the actors. I think this series, if you, after decades, decades, if you replace Vin Diesel with just, like, miscellaneous, if you replace him with Mr. Clean, I'm not continuing. (laughs) You can have other characters move on without him, but you can't swap characters out. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm probably going to catch a lot of heat, but in Fast in Furious 7, mm-hmm. which is probably my favorite one of the oh entire God, what series, are you about Furious to say? 7, they let Paul Walker ride off into the sunset. The perfect ending. And yet, they keep bringing back essence of this character over and over and over again in incredibly weird ways. For example... Paul Walker rides off into the sunset. In the next movie, there is a white guy works for the government who's now on your team. And I'm like, "Mm, weird, okay. But in another movie, Paul Walker is at the barbecue or he pulls up to the barbecue. We can't talk to him, though. We can't show his face, though. But he pulls up into the barbecue and I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like, let that moment live. Never return to it. He's off with his family. And then, and then, and then, in the latest movie, Fast 9, Vin Diesel has a mysterious white brother who also works for the government. I'm like, gosh, dang it. What I mean by either recast Paul Walker or stop trying to fill the hole that Paul Walker left they have a choice at this point they're too big to not be involved in the government (laughs) it's always going to be a white guy in the government my point is either you can't nobody would accept recasting paul walker even though i would i would i would i don't give me that face don't click off this podcast don't you dare don't you dare unsubscribe (laughs) okay so we're not recasting paul walker let his character end in Furious 7. And stop reminding us of it. Stop reminding, like, oh, he could be there. Oh, he's just around the corner. Just let it go. Let it go. But the worst possible thing that you could do, one of the worst things, is have generic white guy replacement. You know? 
Paul Walker's archetype in the group was so unique that you can't replace it with, like, just another generic white guy, which I understand. Then give us a new archetype. We have the hacker. We have the charismatic one. We have the leader. We have Miss Alpha. (laughs) Michelle Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Like, there's Paul Walker, which is Brian O'Connor, right? Then there's Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto. Then there's Michelle Rodriguez, which is Letty. Who lost her memories in the dramatic soap opera plot. That was Chef's Kiss. There was Roman, who is Tyrese, who replaced Vin Diesel in Too Fast, Too Furious. And then there's Ludacris, which is the hacker. And then they added another hacker with uh, the girl, Ramsey, who is in Game of Thrones. So, have you ever seen the show Leverage? No, I don't believe in leverage, but go on. (laughs) So it's about all these people who are all doing various crime things until one white guy brings them together like a family and they use all of their unique skills to help regular people. So they have the hitter who just beat people up, the hacker, the grifter, and the thief, and then the mastermind. And in the Redemption series, they added another hacker. It also has the thing where it's like, at first they were helping people like in small claims court, and now they're taking down like global conglomerates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, do they save the world in leverage? They they don't save the world. They save people and change their world, like as individuals. But I I wish there were more. If Leverage had some more action, it would it'd be able to compete. But I'm realizing I just love, I love a good franchise or series that knows how to jump the shark just enough. I think that's what Fear, Fast and Furious is great at, is jumping the shark. But at wor- the worst, the worst uh, Fast and Furious films are the ones that don't tap into the theming of the rest of the franchise. I'm looking at you, Hobbs and Shaw. Good. I'm glad you agree. What do you think about Hobbs and Shaw? Give us your honest review. My honest review of Hobbs and Shaw is I didn't ask for it, and I'm not sure why they gave it to me. Because <laughs> um, kind of kind of on the topic of, like, could Fast and Furious, like, have longevity and not turn into a just machine for terrible movies? Um, and I feel like if they tell like individual stories from these characters or like if they say okay everybody retires but Ludacris is moving on and he has a new team like if they really just focus on who they can progress and still tell stories of family sure absolutely they can I thought Hobbs and Shaw was like exactly what Fast and Furious could end up if it messes up of just oh here's these characters that uh, they'll fight and watch it i want to watch it i want to watch my my family drive cars and fight people and i want to watch vin diesel grab some chains and bring down an entire building i want to watch letty (laughs) swim in the water and bring vin diesel's gigantic self to the surface somehow i want the nonsense but with a family i would i would argue so the reason why hobbs and shaw doesn't work and why it doesn't remain on theme is because, okay, here's the thing. Number one, here's my complaint. One of the many complaints with Hobbs and Shaw, The Rock and 
Shaw or Hobbs and yeah. Shaw are the same are too similar of an archetype for them to really play off each it's other. It's just like they said they these two obviously should be in action movies. And this one usually yeah. plays the hero, and this one usually plays the villain. So, of course, we have to make a movie. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Because we didn't ask you for that. <laughs> it's like, okay, wh- okay. Re- we're rewriting. The thing that I hate most, we're rewriting Hobbs and Shaw. What if it was The Rock and Roman? That I could watch. So, you have the tough guy, and then you have the charismatic one. I'm always down for buddy comedy. Yeah, exactly. Because with Hobbs and Shaw, they approach the situations a little too similarly. So it it didn't create any interesting, interesting like things. Except insult each other. I'm going to bang your ass like a Cherokee drum or whatever they say. You know? And then beat up the bad guys. But we all know Roman can't fight. He's the worst fighter. <laughs> He's the worst driver too. Like, give us some, at least a little bit of, like, separation, you know? And what frustrates me about that is because it felt like there's Hobbs, and he has a daughter, you know? And he's doing this thing. He's like, yes, it's about my blood family. And then we go back to the island, and he goes back to my Samoan family, or his Hawaiian family, whatever. And then you have Shaw with his sister and his mom and stuff like that. But the... the when we say family, we're not talking about blood family. Yeah. We're not talking about the people you are literally related to. And that could be a part of it. But the theme and the golden thing about this franchise is that how our differences bring us together to accomplish things bigger than ourselves. Yeah, And with Hobbs and Shaw... You have two people who are still individuals and who don't come together at any point in a meaningful way besides just punching Idris Elba really, really hard. <laughs> it de- There's no blending of ideas. There's no blending of uh, each other's ways of fighting. It's just, we just gotta get the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like the new black Superman or whatever he says. You know, and that's what's really interesting part about the Fast and Furious. So, like, when they come together, you have mm-hmm. so-and-so doing the driving. You have so-and-so controlling the giant magnet. You have so-and-so jumping off the car who needs to get... Yeah. It's the blending of each other's ideas that makes this franchise thing. And that's what sucks about Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? No, I totally agree. And I think also Fast and Furious in almost every movie is really good at returning to its roots and like reminding you like these characters are scrappy because there are moments where it's like okay you've linked up with this person you have the money you have the funding you have the cars but somehow they'll end up you know stranded somewhere and they have to come up with something and they've got like a 76 camaro and a dream and a paper clip and they're like i could soup this thing up yeah you can sure it always forces them to like return back to being inventive and i really just adore that element because it's like i know you're i know you're gonna win in the end i know you're gonna pull off some tech that should not exist but right now you gotta figure it out and i'm really excited for you and i can't wait to see it because i know it's gonna look cool as hell and 
even as this plots have gotten bigger and the stories have gotten like to literally to space, I feel like I'm never too far from like, oh, these characters have to invent something. And it never gets less cool. Watching the first movie is still cool and still gives me awe in the same way that like F9 does. Because I'm like, oh my god, cars going fast. I think I think the point is we as human beings want to see cars go fast and things go boom. <laughs> no, there has to be a deeper meaning, Deja. We can't just go With boom. family. We can't just do that. With family. <laughs> okay. One of my final questions for Fast and Furious. Yes. Deja, I need you to pitch your Fast and Furious movie. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was a dream come true until you said it. Mr. Diesel is like, Deja Woolery, we got you. We have contacted you, our biggest fan, to write your Fast and Furious movie. So honored to be in the room today. Um, really appreciate this opportunity. I want you to imagine... <laughs> Letty and Dom, just like they seem to be all the time now, they're trying to have a normal life, you know? They're trying to live their best life. But Letty starts getting into some uh, some local racing on, on the whatever island they've decided to go on this time. Whatever, because they're always somewhere. As long as there's sunshine and a beach, they'll be there. So uh, Letty's gotten into some local racing. She just can't fully leave the life. She misses the adrenaline. She misses the drive. And uh, she starts to get to know some of the other people who are involved. And she finds that a lot of them are, like, really struggling. Because there's this major automotive company on the island that is leaking chemicals into the water. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And so Letty gets Dom involved and they call the team together to stop this company and to take them down to save the island. And I want the entire, I want the entire team to just be like bouncing between a couple islands and being like, there's not enough space to race here. And I want them to have to invent ways to, to succeed using their cars against this obscenely just rich prick billionaire who makes luxury cars nobody in any of the places where his factories are could ever afford the cars none of them are getting paid enough to do it and uh they are going to try and take him down from the inside and if one of them ends up owning the company in the end of the movie hey it's no skin off my back i'm imagining explosions i'm imagining luxury cars i'm imagining Something's gonna have to fly. They're gonna have to jump over cars. Traffic on islands is crazy. It'll be great. Pitch over. <laughs> well done. Well done. I'd hire you. I, I'm open. I'd hire you. I feel like the part of the pitch where I said something's gotta jump over something else. I think that really is what <laughs> sell the executives, but I really do want to see a car leapfrog another car. I think that would be important. We'll make it happen. They have the budget yeah. of gods. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Can I pitch you mine? Yes, please do. So, you have the one more job. You know, Vin Diesel, and everyone's like, we're getting old. 
well, this one last job. It can't mess it up. We're going to finally get Char- uh, Charlize Theron. We're going to, we're finally going to take her down, right? And this is all happening in like the fifth, first like 15 minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. right? And they finally do the last job and they get some sort of device or some sort of thing that you can't connect to the internet or whatever. Or else everything will de- be destroyed or be hacked or whatever. And so that's when, as they're racing away, Charlize is like, Charlize, what do we do? Call everyone. And like, what do you mean? If they get this device to Tokyo, Japan, it will be all be over. Mm. I'm putting out a hit on them. Every single mercenary, every single person on the planet, $1 billion for the crew. And so, the crew has to transport this one device without using any internet technology from one place all the way to Tokyo with the entire world gunning for them. I call it Fast and Furious World Tour. And that way, the series ends on a race. They are racing to get to a destination. Let's not talk about it ending yet. I'm not ready for that. It's Fast 10 is the ending. Not as far as I'm concerned. What are you talking about? It's going to end. Well, meh. You know Vin Diesel. Exactly. You know how these franchises go. I have hope until the very last moment. Even if it's not going to be the full group, I think I think we can get something. But you know what is ending? This podcast episode. <laughs> this podcast episode. Yes. We that. <laughs> This season is over. We did it. We did it. Season one of Screen Studies is now officially over. How do you feel, Daisy? I feel really good. I'm proud of what we've done. Um, I'm proud of all the things that we've learned throughout the process so we can come back even better. And I'm genuinely really excited for the next season. And uh, all that it'll hold, all the guests that we'll Uh-oh, uh-oh, you guys are ready, you guys are ready. But, if people want to suggest things for a season two, Deja, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, Deja Talks TV on all platforms, uh, that's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, As always, I believe in you, I love you, and you are more than your last mistake. Justin, if people have burning desires for season two, where can they send their where can they send their <laughs> fantasies? Uh, you can send those to wherever tours are sold at Freddy's Roommate on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. And until season two drops, as always, do better. Good night, everybody. Good night.